Check, check. One, two, one, two. pre-show vibes there we go what's going on people as soon as you come to the room start uh chatting there we go double the numbers let's see if we can triple the numbers what's going on leanne you get the first shout out hello anna north carolina in the house What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Dr. Funk Podcast. Thank you guys so much for subscribing on iTunes, on Stitcher, Spotify. Thank you for donating to the show. We always appreciate it. Today, we're going to have Joshua Welton on in a few minutes uh, from the purplemovement.org. We're going to be talking to him about that, plus some print stories. What's going on, Patricia? What's going on, Andre, Leanne, again, Galing, Laurel, Danny, Cammie, Christy? What's up, Vanessa? Hey, Cairo. And uh, had to pull out the shirt for, for Josh tonight of Third Eye Girl from the Hit and Run 2015 show. Now that you guys saw it, I can button up and be a little bit more professional. You know, we don't have the budget of Fallon or Colbert, but we can sure act like we do. <laughs> um, today's show is going to be a really, really great one. And we're glad to have Joshua Welton on to talk about purplemovement.org and just how important it is with other things going on right now. What's going on, Mia? Watching on YouTube. Samantha, Sharon, Chad from MPLS. So we're just going on these things. But um, with what's been going on in the world, we kind of need stuff of what Joshua is going to be on here talking about. It's very, very, very important. Making sure symbol doesn't fall tonight. Yeah, I taped that up a little bit better. We have to make sure the other symbol doesn't fall, the one that's around my neck. Let's pull that one out right now. Because I'm gonna just love seeing that happen when it's a live show. Yes, that was funny last time with the symbol falling off the wall. All right. Appreciate you guys. All right, we're bringing in Joshua momentarily. Just remember, um, we're always here Wednesdays at 6 p.m. live. You can check these shows at different times and having it going on. Uh, there is some questions that people asked on Instagram and Twitter on Facebook Live. Earlier, we're going to get to that. We can also ask the questions in the room. If you don't get to your question immediately because we're conversating, keep asking it. It's okay. Um, so... Missing me at Amoeba. I miss being an Amoeba, you guys, and Electric Fetus as well. Right now, let's just get right into it. We're going to bring in Joshua Welton. You guys know him from working with Prudence, producing with Prince, and now the purplemovement.org and other things that he's going on. Please welcome. It's been a long time. The last time we had him on, we were having testing problems at Paisley Park. This time it went a lot smoother. Here is Joshua Welton. What's going on, man? What's happening, man? How are you? Dr. Funkenberry himself. How are you doing, man? I'm cool because I got you on now. And the testing was a breeze <laughs> this time. Do you remember when we were testing from Paisley and the internet issues we had? Bro, uh, I'm telling you, uh, Trevor had it. Uh, I want to say he had it bad, but it was a strong challenge for him to work out the live streams. But... We made it through, and uh, I do remember those moments, and I'm glad I wasn't in the hot seat, at least for that one. <laughs> uh, I remember, because you guys, 
we were waiting for a month or two to announce the Live Out Loud tour that was supposed to be in Minneapolis, the announcement, but it kept being like 19 below every single week. So we're like, all right, let's announce it on the show. And then the internet was like two minutes behind to where I'd ask the question, it would be like the most ridiculous uh, yeah. delay, but we made it work. Prince ahead of his time and just ready to do all these live things uh, the way that we're doing it every single day today now. Is, right. You know, uh, I'm just, I was so glad to be a part of that, man, truly. And we're going to get into that with the whole live streams and how that came to be and just the summer of live streams basically for 2013. Yeah, man. And he was like saying live stream is the future. He was saying yeah. that. Yes. Big time. Yeah. Yes. And uh, I mean, obviously, I believe that brother is a prophet um, and he spoke the truth and it came to pass. And so uh, there was one time uh, I asked him, he didn't answer me. He was like, oh, no, 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 not that one. He remember that one when he was like Osama bin Laden getting ready to bomb. When he said that, I was like, yo, you got to tell me, how did you know that? And he was like. Right. Ah, uh, nah, he didn't tell me. So I was like, all right, cool. But yeah, man, I think he was extremely prophetic, man. And uh, I mean, obviously we know we, we were living in what he said was the future. So it, it's, it happened. <laughs> and we got Hannah up here with yep. us as well. Hey, what's up, beautiful? How you doing? I see your profile pic. All right. Now, all right. the first time I met both you, I believe, was October of 2012 after Jimmy Kimmel at the Sayers Club. And you guys were both dancing to Bellevue DeVoe's Poison, getting your groove on. Bro, like, let me tell you something. I told huh. you I was going to wait till we're live. I'm not sure if we've ever told you this, but <laughs> for the longest time, we thought that you were actually Prince. And here's the reason why the uh -huh. information that you got was shockingly fast. And I thought to myself, there's no way unless Prince is blocking this stuff himself, that someone else would have this information. So for months, you were giving us updates about what was happening in our lives before we knew about it. Right. The picture that Hannah was on the drum and all that kind of stuff, we had no idea. We, we got information based on Dr. Funkenberry. And so in our beginning, uh, the updates that you brought, Hannah and I were like, let's go to Dr. Funkenberry. Let's see what's happening. Let's go. What's, what's going on? What's going on? And then finally, when we met you, we're like, are you kidding me? You're <laughs> Prince? We were just completely shocked because we, we were convinced that you were Prince because of the information you had. We even were asking around and like, yeah, we know. Yeah, we know. We were like, kind of like, we just knew. But we were wrong, man. So I wanted to share Hilarious. that. We literally got updates about the potential things that were happening in our lives when we looked up Dr. Funkenberry. And it was like hilarious. So when we found out and finally met you that day, I'm sure we probably were like, what? Are you kidding me? So that's yeah. that's because I was keeping my identity hidden for a while. And then people did think it was Prince. But I'm like, come on, man. Is Prince going to be posting about Britney Spears? Come on now. Katie Perry. But look, that's the diversion, though. He can do uh -oh. that stuff, man. You know what I mean? I'm going to make y'all think I'm not Prince. You know what I mean? I'm going to post this stuff about Katy Perry. I'm telling you. Straight up. Straight up. <laughs> People oh, are hilarious. What Hannah just said. Dr. Funkenberry knew I was a fishing in the band before I did. Exactly. You did. You did. Hilarious. Found out 
through your post. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. I'm telling you. I remember when I met Gucci, he was all telling me that you know what we're going to do before we're going to do it. And then my wife put me up. So you're going to be over here this weekend? She's like, he'd be like, how do you know that? It's on Funkenberry. Exactly. Like, I had no idea that you guys didn't know that you actually got to find out where you're going to be this weekend by going to my site first. Yes. Ridiculous. You are our itinerary update for quite some time. Very, very true. It's hilarious because Afshin and others will hit me up like immediately like, dude, like when his book came out, he's like, you knew the date before I knew the date it was going to come out. So it's still happening. Yo, hey, well, you got the mantle, man. That's that, right. that ahead of time. I'm grateful. I mean, some stuff I'd be sent in, but some stuff I would find out myself. And Prince, I think, would appreciate that more that I was able to find stuff out without him having to tell me, especially because you guys would be so busy doing stuff. You'd Man. be in rehearsal and then it'd be up there, you know? Yep. That's how it happens. And sometimes we check after rehearsal and see if there's something new. I'm telling you, we were on the refresh button. <laughs> Craziness. Because I know that her first dates were like the Welcome to Chicago, but we she did Kimmel and then like, um, at Sayers, like me and him are talking and he looks at Hannah and he's like, Hannah. And then she's like, what song? And he's like, Stratus. And she's like, all right, we can do it. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. and then it's like, I'm hanging out with, with Julia and um, we're, we're checking out Carmen at yeah. the Troubadour. And then she's like, oh, Prince wants me to sing this track, like a chaos and disorder instrumental. And I'm like, the guitarist sounds a little bit like him, but it's not him. And she's like, oh, no, that's Donna Grandis. Yeah. I went, so that's when I put, so I'm just like, all right. So I put like diagnosis, Donna is the water warm enough. Just yep. kind of do stuff like that. But dude, Bro. what an exciting time that was, especially because no yeah. one knew what Third Eye Girl was and what it was going to be. We, we didn't either. I think the fun part about it was um, we were all, discovering and i believe prince obviously he had the mastermind idea of what he really wanted but um you know it was just an amazing an amazing time you know uh when i think about it just the whole process you know hannah getting discovered me coming out and uh prince he uh he commissioned us he was like you know let's we, we need another guitarist right. and not sure if a lot of people uh heard about this man but i i had i've had i had the honor and the blessing of actually discovering donna and so um when i found her on youtube i ran i was at my mother's house and i ran downstairs and i'm like hannah i think this is the one and my mom i showed my mom and i'm like i think she's the one and i sent her i think over to julia and the rest is history found her playing her songs on youtube the same way that prince found hannah is how i found donna and uh, she was already doing stuff. When I say I found her, I mean, she was already found, but <laughs> she, right. thing, you know what I mean? I think we just, we were blessed enough to find her uh, for that project at the time. So that was, that was an amazing thing, man. I mean, when he reached out to you guys, cause yes, so it was finding Hannah on YouTube. Yep. But when you guys were first getting that call, whether it was Julia or whoever that called yeah. you, were you guys like, get out of here? Cause like Prince wants to talk with you or what? how did that and happen? email that Hannah got, we were going to World Changes Church International in Georgia, and she was in the youth experience. Uh, and um, she got the email and she's like, you got to see it. And she's looking for me because I was somewhere else. And she finally saw it. And it was like, you know, because she wrote back because she got an initial email talking about, can you keep a secret? You know, I want to share some things. And she's like, well, who, who, who is it? And right. she wrote back and was like, it's Prince. And Hannah 
I mean, Southern girl from Kentucky ran around and everybody just knew something was happening. You know what I mean? She just, oh my gosh. And her accent came out and everything. It was awesome. It was great, man. It was great. It was just such a crazy time. And I just think like, because I was like, was that your first time ever being in LA when you guys were, were there in 2012 or were you there before? Um, with Prince? Yes. Uh, yeah. I, out of Prince, I had been there when I was younger and things of that nature. But uh, yeah, my mother actually uh, born in California, so I got family out there. Right. Yeah. I'm not sure if you heard about it, but just recently, after 49 years, we found out who my grandfather was, my my mother's father, and he lives in California. So we've got some some lineage out there, man. Wow. I yeah. met your parents. I think the first time I met them was at the Vegas shows of 2013 for the Live Out Loud tour. Oh, and then those, bro. Yes. Right. How my father met Prince. And that was a fun experience. <laughs> that was crazy. And then the entire family, like the extended family, your family, and then uh, Hannah's dad, Dave, yep, they were yep. all at the Anaheim shows uh, in California. Yeah. That, my big brother was there, uh, Adam. And uh, yeah, man, it was, a, it was a really fun time. Great show. Um, I remember that show particularly um because uh just because of backstage and and just the after show i think rashida was there and so uh, and her parents so it was it was a great it was a great time it was a great time right i remember that show the 2013 grove show second night show one because uh -huh. i was having so many trouble so much trouble with my feet my diabetes at the time i'm like all right this is the last time i'm gonna be front row this is yeah. it yeah. So next to Dave, and then Prince would always see me through the years. So I'd just be paying attention to the way that he played guitar, and I wouldn't be looking at his face. So he made sure early on in the show, when he saw me looking at the struts, that he got down right in my face and was doing all this stuff, and you and Trevor were right behind me. Then you were like, oh, bro, what was that? I'm like so embarrassed. I'm like, this fool. <laughs> he'd just be like trying to make eye contact and everything because he knew I didn't like doing that. There, uh, there was a show where Prince, and it's probably one of my favorite shows that he just did a solo. I think it was in Manchester. And he had like a super consciousness. This brother would play guitar, but then be orchestrating other things logistically and administratively during him soloing. And so there was one time he was soloing, gave either Romeo or a bodyguard uh, a cue about somebody recording. And he basically, he's playing a guitar, he's going in, he's going in, he's like this, talking to him while he's playing, bro, going in. And then he's like this, and then he sees the person, the person gets got, then Prince kind of goes, while he's playing the guitar, like, I told you not right. to, like, the whole time. And I just, you know, it is what it is, bro. <laughs> he's like, seen the camera, and he didn't want to break anything, but he's just like, all right, when I do that, yeah, get, get him. Yeah. It was you know, someone was talking about the Manchester show. Go ahead. Um, but let's see. Someone's asking this. I know someone else brought up Manchester, and they should if you have a follow-up question for that. But someone, um, they really hope there's more Third Eye Girl stuff in the vault. I think there is. My sister. Hey, let me tell you something, man. Uh, I cannot speak on what the brother man was cooking up here nor there. Uh, I know he's always working on stuff. Uh, and so I, I can't, I can't neither confirm nor deny if you may, but, uh, you know, I'm just like you guys hoping that maybe something may come out. 
uh, whether it be from Third Eye Girl now or just things that uh, had already uh, been in play. Right. And I remember like, what if that turns out to be a Third Eye Girl outtake that you guys use when uh, they were going back to uh, Hannah's hometown of Kentucky to play and they yeah. dropped that and that was awesome. Yeah, man. Beautiful song. Uh, Hannah and I were so blessed that uh, Prince brought that to us. I, he heard it on the radio, brought it to us, and it was just such a it's such an, a profound song. I believe it's Nicole Norman. I think it's her original song. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, but I just, man, uh, the lyric on that, it's, it's, it's so simple. You know, but what if you're wrong? What if Jesus right. actually is real and everything written about him is true, which I believe. Right. I, I just, man, I, woo, it's true. I, I just get excited talking about him. But uh, yeah, man, it's such a great song. and It was, it just, was a great like, song. It still is. Yeah, definitely. It is. And when Prince would do covers, I sometimes would feel it's cheating. Because if he does a cover, he's going to do it better than the original. Just ask the Food Fighters hey. about that. I think that's just one of the things that he uh, does. He'll take something and make it Prince. And after you make it Prince, you want to, you know, it's just, it's Prince, you know, it is what it is. But uh, shout out to Nicole Norman and what she did. And lyrically, I mean, it's just beautiful. So indeed. I want to see if I can see some chatting things going on too, man. I think I right. can see Here's Adam with this. No, we'll get some questions. Ask Josh if he remembers him and Hannah rolling down their window of their SUV as they left the Baltimore concert. And stuck at a red light to take a picture with a fan. That was me. Adam, what's up, man? <laughs> hey, let me tell you something, Adam. Uh, Hannah and I so enjoy uh, just having fun with the Purple family. We had such a blast on the road. And I remember, I think I've, I don't know if I've told this story public, but um there was a time when it was one of the first times we had experienced because, you know, we learned Prince in layers. OK, uh, we, when we met him, uh, the first time I met him was in Paisley Park. My brother, Darnell Miller. It would be nice to see Third Eye Girl with the Shelby or Liv. Hey, I like that. I like that. But I met him first in Paisley. The second time I saw him was in front of, you know, everybody in the United Center. I think like either 40,000, 20,000 people. And right. so that's a different layer. Then I saw him backstage, shades with the cane. That's a different layer. So it's like I was getting introduced to these layers. But then there was one time when it was like TMZ heavy paparazzi layer. And we get in the car and I'm cameras all over the place. And I got in the car. I was like, "Woo!" I said, you famous, man. Right. Like he was like, that's not how I see myself. That's how they see me. I said, yeah, but you famous, though. And he said. Like he just laughed, you know what I'm saying? It's so right. because he was so centered. I mean, he's used to it. It's it's he he saw he knew how he saw himself, and he was centered on that. And uh, I just think that we all can learn from that idea, you know. Definitely. And yeah. Hannah's bringing this up, which I'm sure she has the full version of it. Um, even flow. Ah, also a version of even flow. LOL. So much fun. She might be dropping some jewels, man. I don't know about that one. <laughs> I mean, I was sent that to edit it down, but we have a long version and people will try to hit me up for it. I'm like, nope, I'm not, unless they get it out or someone else gets it out, it's not going to be me. I might have stuff I don't even have, man. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. Right. I'm just looking at some of these questions. Oh, here we go with Kev. I like this one. All right. Come on, Kev. Because you, know, you were like the only one to be able to say this and do this. How good did it feel to break the produced, arranged, composed, performed by Prince Streak? Did it hit you like that or did you just roll with it? 
Great question, Kev. Um, you know, <laughs> this may be completely a shock, and I hope I don't get no uh, purple eyes coming at me. But, uh, you know, I did not know that that was a thing. It caught up with me later. I did not realize how monumental it was uh, because, and I'm going to be so honest with you, family. I, I have to be. I, my focus with Prince, I had nine months of time with him before I did any music with him. Right. And uh, I don't mean this in any disrespectful way, but I grew up as a dancer. So I was really focused in on Michael Jackson as a dancer and James as a dancer and Prince as a dancer too. But I just focused really on Michael Jackson. So a lot of his catalog I learned uh, during my time with him. And so uh, being with him, uh, spending time with him, um, uh, honestly, learning, talking with him was really more of what we did than music before we did music. It was what we did. And so uh, trying to be the only producer, I had never even dreamed of something like that. And so when it happened uh, and Prince would say things that's recorded, when he says things, uh, I, I forget it was either USA Today or some magazine, he says, Josh hears music like I do. And then he says, I never let anybody produce me like Josh. And I hear stuff like that. Obviously, I'm still getting used to something like that because I understand the gravity and the weight of what that means. So I... Right. Hey, thank you, God. You know what I mean? I think it's something I'm still developing the understanding of. I revere it. I respect it. And sometimes when you just see Prince and uh, the, the love that he has all over the world, uh, I just kind of just think to myself, wow, I mean, it's a position I believe God could give uh, something like that, especially because it wasn't something I was trying to get. You know, uh, he, he, he brought that to me and I just was like, wow. So I hope that answered your question, Kev. Great question. Now, another thing is I'm seeing people ask it. And of course, you know, I had to make sure to bring out the album. So people are asking about Way Back Home. Yes. And The Breakdown. Yes. Now, do you know, they brought up a certain person's name, but we won't get too much into that. Do you know if it was written about a certain particular person? Because I heard it was come up first in Australia in 2012. But from what you know of The Breakdown, how did that come to be? Okay. Uh, as far as the genesis of the breakdown, I know it was one of his favorites. Uh, I have my own speculations on who it could have been about, but I never heard it from him to, to speak right. for him. Um, but that was one of the songs that he showed me ahead of time. And I was like, man, I was like, yo, you need to put this out. And he said to me, um, he said, I, I want to. And I said, well, what are, you, what are you waiting on? And he said, I haven't had any music to put around it he was all about albums it was about the the art you know what i mean around it and so you know uh fortunately that's where he saw me come in to help him build some other things around songs like the breakdown and time uh these just songs is just like yo what you waiting on so uh, uh that's basically where that came about and so i hope that answered the question about the breakdown but as far as way back home goes uh i think i said this i forget who i was talking to but prince said to me i want to challenge you josh I want to, I want to, I want to give you a challenge. All right. Uh, Patia says your ministry is so powerful and hopeful. I'm sure Prince is smiling down. Thank you so much, Patia. You are such a blessing to us. Praise God. Okay. But, um, so, uh, with the, the way back home, he actually said, I'm gonna challenge you, Josh. And I was like, I'm sitting down. I'm like, he said, I want you to produce five tracks, just five, five. Now, I'm not just asking you to do just one of the, just like, I want you to make them like actual tracks. And I'm like, 
all right, okay. And because of my work ethic prior to Prince and my dad, we used to call him Joe Jackson. So he was on me when it came to discipline. I said, I'm gonna give Prince 10. And so I ended up giving him 10 tracks and Way Back Home right. was one. And so that's how that, that song came about. And then of course, Time. There's yes. a version that doesn't have Andy's vocals on, it's just Prince's, if I remember correctly. Okay. Played. So that's right. awesome. There's so much stuff that people just don't know about. And then the original outtakes, and then Hannah's confirming that she believes that the breakdown was done before them, which I do believe it dates back to 2012 when he was in Australia, working on a project with Baz Luhrmann actually. Wow. Now, Jeremy, Jeremy Swenson has this. I sat with you in Studio B while you and Prince from your cuts from Flex from Electrum. Hannah walked me into the studio. I hope you recall that. Like people want to make sure you remember him. That's what I'm getting at right now. Josh, you remember me? No, that's beautiful, man. I mean, those are cool experiences. You no, know, they were amazing. And uh, it was funny because Prince, he enjoyed the the tours. Uh, and I asked him, I asked him and I asked Kirk. And I said, Prince, I said, man, I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, it's such an honor being here. I just don't know the history like you might. So can you hook a brother up and, and give me some pointers? <laughs> And so he was like telling me about Studio B, what was recorded on it, who was playing on the piano in Studio A. He gave me all the facts that I would talk about. And uh, that's how it started. He gave me the rundown and he would be spying. He told me that, by the way, if you if you are on a tour with me at Paisley Park, Prince was watching. And so that's another feature that he told me afterwards. He was like, yeah, I was peeking through the door and listening. And sometimes he'd be in Studio D looking through the mirror uh, and watching and listening. And it was such a fun thing for him that, I mean, you saw when he called during the Yahoo session, uh, he called and was on the phone. Like he looked forward to it like a kid in candy store and he wanted to keep doing it. And that's why we kept doing those Paisley Park after darks, $10, you know, come on in. It was such a fun thing uh, for him. And uh, I'm just so happy to be a part of it. And everybody who uh, was a part of it. I'm so grateful to have that memory with you as well. Right. And I know that sometimes we would hear about these sessions where you'd be in the studio that he would actually call on the phone and talk yep. to you over it. And people would be like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Prince playing the games for sure. Oh yeah, man. And then Hannah adds this. He was the sneakiest. Oh yeah. Yes. I told, um, I think I was on a live the other day because I'd be so in the zone, uh, he, when he would come in, I would never expect or see him. And so he would frighten me. I mean, it was like a thing. It became a, a, like an inside thing there where he would always, and I would just get so scared. So it's, it, it's turned over and to him, every time he came into Studio B, he would be hitting the walls down in the galaxy room all the way into Studio B to make sure that he wouldn't, you know, jump me out of my seat, you know? craziness it's so cool and paisley has a really good question here on this one heard that josh produced around prince's vocals can josh tell us about the process working with prince okay so yes i did produce around his vocals there was only one time that i recorded him vocally uh and it was during uh the breakfast can wait remixes and i didn't expect it it was just kind of like in the moment uh, and he was like, yeah, just put a mic up. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, but, uh, and I recorded him and, and it was just so much fun. I mean, uh, but as far as producing him, uh, it was more so musically that him and I collaborated on, he would always give me 
uh, a canvas and tell me what colors to use and what he was looking for. And I would just kind of go in and try to figure out a best way to express, to basically do the work for him versus him having to be in and pressing all the buttons. And right. uh, only a couple times when he was just like, yo, just go in and do you. Uh, and so uh, like way back home was one of those uh, funk and roll, except for the end part. I did like five different versions of the, the end part. Uh, and so, you know, there were just many a times where, um, you know, he would just really want something specific and he would give me the outline. Right. And would just say, hey, do this, you know what I'm saying? And I would be like, all right, let's do it. And so I was in a lot of times uh, was just kind of like a vessel, if you may, of, of his vision. And I was grateful to do that. And then on the other side of town, uh, he, he said, hey, just go and do whatever you want. And so I have a few songs that he allowed me to do that on. And it was just, you know, so much fun and an honor. Like this could be us, you know, he said, we need a ballad. And I literally did this could be us within an hour, the track. And, um, and he sang around the melody, the right. when he did that, that was in the track and he sang around that. And I was like, what a flipping honor, man. Like, are you kidding me? He wrote a song around a melody that, that just happened. So it was amazing. Right. And now the Breakfast Can Wait remixes were awesome. Funk and Roll as well. And I know that there's unreleased, but we did hear some of them from a Fix Your Life Up and a few other things. Yes. Now, I'm trying to see, trying to make sure we don't miss any questions. I like this one, and we'll go back to that because it has to do with live stream. Okay. Uh, but John, is this, were there musical influences you brought to Prince during your time together? Um, I think that it was more so of being able to implement some of the modern sound uh, as far as m musical influences, I think it was just more so the 808s and just the, uh, but it wasn't necessarily to add to him. I think it was more so to complement what he wanted. So uh, I think that it was more so just my personal taste uh, right. that we collaborated with. But as far as introducing him to new artists and things that, nothing like that. If anything, I was a student in that regard. But I do believe that, you know, just my personal taste, like I just mentioned, this could be us melodies and that like stuff like that is what we collaborated on. It was just from the heart to the heart, you know? Speaking of heart to heart, because someone keeps asking this one about, is there really a heartbeat in Way Back Home? No, uh, that is not a heartbeat. Um, okay. I think that even on Twitter one time, somebody asked me that and misconstrued my response. But um, no, that that's that's not a heartbeat. Um, okay. it's, thing, uh, it's, it's, I, I can tell you what it is, but, uh, that would be unprince like, and I still want Prince to, uh, you right. know, I, keep I, the honor our relationship. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, if anything, it's not a heartbeat, but I believe he left his heart on that track. When I heard him sing, sure. uh, you know, I don't think that, uh, we lost anything if it was or wasn't a heartbeat because of what he wrote, how he spoke, what he said, right. Uh, they can still bring chills. And that was a great answer to say that he put his heart into it. You may not have heard the heartbeat, but he put his heart into it. Very true. Uh, this one, we, yeah. yep. This one, we can finally touch on live stream a little bit. I saw a video of Prince and Joshua playing the piano. Prince first and directly to Joshua. Asked about that. It's a beautiful but short video. And that was on the live stream. But go yeah. with that. Yeah, we were, I believe we were in Switzerland. And um, he, we, there was a piano there. And I always, you know, uh, just enjoyed being around actual grand pianos and real pianos. And so he had it in his room. So it was in his room in Switzerland. And uh, I think either we, it was either before a show, after a show, I don't remember, but I know that uh, he was like, go ahead and play it. And then they started recording. 
And so it just was an organic moment that I always treasure um, because uh, very rarely did I get a chance to just really play because I've always wrote my own songs. I never really did cover songs growing up. I just wrote my own songs a lot like Prince. And so, I mean, him and I, I say this humbly, but I, you know, we related to each other in that way. We were like making and producing our own music. And right. so I didn't really have a lot of covers under my belt. And so when we played, the most covers that I actually know is church songs and Prince songs. That's literally the cover bases that I've had growing up. And um, uh, that's just what it was, man. It was an organic moment. Beautiful. And it would be so funny because I know at the live streams, they were, you try to plan them out. But you would you you were trying to have them be organic and be like that because sometimes I get like a message from Julia or Trevor or yourself like hey we're about to go live on live stream I'm like got it I'm here man Just yeah get it out and make sure all the views are there because sometimes you go for hours and sometimes it'd be like twenty minutes yeah you know totally. you just didn't know yeah but those were so fun for in order to do that and then here it is you're traveling mm -hmm. you're rehearsing. You're performing. Yep. Okay, maybe we're gonna do an after show or no, no, let's do the live stream. Or sometimes you would even do live streams from the show. Like you had no idea what was gonna happen. Cause I know even if you were trying to plan it with him, you didn't mm -hmm. know, you just had to be ready. Always ready. Always ready. Right. We call the university, always ready. And 21 hours of working, maybe three hours of sleeping. If you were lucky. Yeah, very true. I mean, there were times when I went there at 2 p.m. and went back home at 8 a.m. And because I'm in Studio B, there's no windows. And when you're working nonstop, you don't really know that a whole day has gone by, you know. He likes that it was like Vegas. Yeah. What's the longest? Because someone talked about how they worked for 20 hours straight before. What's the longest you think that you worked on something with him or were like at Paisley? Did it hit close to the 20 hour mark? Out, like I said, the longest. I feel like there had to be in one 24 hour at least. Um, but you know, with him not even being in there, I just personally and mentally, I wanted to get stuff done. Because once I got it done, you know, I was able to either get to rehearsing the songs we were going to perform because I also play keys. And so there was a time when I was juggling learning new songs. Uh, mixing his records, making new records. Um, and it was, whew, and also doing sound. Uh, and so there were times when my plate was so full, I had no time to think. I had to just keep going. And so by the grace of God, I was able to stay strong and, and stay sane. But it was, uh, it, it was definitely something that, uh, a time I'll never forget. So when I see Paisley, I feel like it's my house. I feel like it's my home. And there were times, <laughs> Okay, there was a time to the point. I mean, we got so I was so paisleyed out. He gave me the key, like to his garage and how he could get in. And uh, I got back to my Chan Hassan house, one of his houses. Right. And, and Kirk and 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 Kim, the driver, was calling me and calling me and calling me. And I'm like, I just we just got because we had went from the jet and we had a separate cars to drop me off at the hand and I hand and I off at the house. I had his key. He couldn't get into Paisley Park, <laughs> so they were calling me, and I was like, "What's going on?" And it was like, uh, I "Have the keys." So uh, I was like, "Oh, okay." So then I ended up going back. So I mean, it was like literally my house, and uh, so I mean, we lived there, man. Yeah, he was just music. I mean, even when he had a place that wasn't too far from there, it's like he was there all the time, anyway. 
It'd just yeah. be to change clothes. Yeah. Um, yeah, better than Vegas. Of course, Paisley Park is better than Vegas. <laughs> I'll bring that comment up. Paisley Park, that was my, you know, when Graceland was running stuff, I was just like, man, you can't compare Graceland to Paisley. Paisley is far funkier than Graceland will ever be. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. trying to start stuff. I was just being honest. Yeah. You know? uh, sometimes our mouths will get us into trouble. Um, see, here, here's a tough question to answer, in my opinion, because there's no such thing as typical. What okay. was the typical Prince and the Band concert day routine? I've heard him, him and the band would be at the venues real early. Um, I, I would say, um, uh, well, we, we got into an actual groove. And so the groove was that we liked. We had a preference. Uh, there were times where um, it was like Prince wanted us to ride in the jet with him. But we felt like if we rode in the jet with him, we'd be arriving at the same time as him and go through the sound checks and so forth. So there were a few shows where we got into a groove toward the end where we say, hey, let's just fly commercially we'll get there a day before and josh will do the sound check and work with the sound and get everything and so um it was like this bittersweet thing because obviously we wanted to ride with him but right. that if the sound was good everything else was going to be good and so i would go and do the sound check before and there were some shows man where he would come out lay his guitar <laughs> do a sound check and then walk off. And that was the hugest, the biggest compliment because it was, it was, had the Prince stamp where he felt like, you know, everybody knows when they go to Prince concert, he's talking about sound, the, like the majority of the concert because he hears everything at the same time he's doing things. And so right. um, be able to do a five minute max sound check uh, and walk on and off the stage. So the routine was like, we get there day before he arrives, we do the sound check. If it goes beyond five minutes, uh, and he's having fun. That's good. But if he's doing a sound check, that's I, I think like, man, I got to, you know, work on how I can make it so he doesn't have to. Because my goal was to make it as, as simple and as easy. As you know what I mean? During that process. So we'd have everything ready ahead of time. And, uh, and, and hopefully we had a five minute sound check and we were good. <laughs> yeah. And just thinking of this right now. Because yeah. the last show he ever did in L.A. was at the Hollywood Palladium after Arsenio, after Liv did a night. And not only the Palladium, four hours. That was the longest show he ever did in U.S. history, and U.S. soil. Now, was, was that planned? Or I bet you there was even more songs they ended up cutting. But he literally timed it with the time change that night that as soon as it hit 2 a.m., it hit 3 a.m. That still doesn't – the four-hour show – and like, uh, remember her hands were needed needed healing after a while because of the drums. It was a four. I, she's a drummer. You know what I mean? Uh, nonstop. I remember that show. Uh, I don't want to say luckily, but uh, I was able to just watch and enjoy and, you know, meet some of the people that came by, you know, from Bobby Brown, Dougie Fred, uh, just all these different people who came by and supported it was an impromptu i forget there was a stipulation either it was about to be canceled or something like that and then he ended up doing it and it right. went for hours and then everybody heard about it afterwards like are you kidding me i remember that that was that was, yeah the venue like messed up on stuff it was only hundred dollar tickets of for cash and they were selling at 12 but then they were saying on twitter that no tickets haven't been on sale yet but people were already showing me their tickets and wristbands so there's yeah. a lot of confusion so the venue, 
it could have been super sold out, but because of the confusion that the venue caused, it was a little bit tricky. And I yeah. know that you were doing a DJ set before you took the stage. Then you had Dougie Fresh up in there. Yeah. A few other things. Yeah. That was interesting. And I just That's had to bring that up when you brought that up because that that four hour show is epic. And of yeah. course, all the time people are like, yo, man, do you think there'll be a soundboard recording of that happening? And I'm all like, No. One day. One Unless day. You had to destroy it. One day. One day, maybe. Okay. I don't know, man. I yeah. that that whew, I remember that. And I we'll was make, tired of watching, but I will make sure if we ever get contacted by the estate or other things, yo, this LA show, you know, 2014. Four hours. There's this. Uh, Kathleen wants to know the greatest lesson you walked away with by working with Prince was the one thing you were most grateful for that Prince did for you. Great question, Kathleen. The most grateful thing that he did for me, I think, was render me his time and conversation. Um, I think that to me is something you can't buy. It's something you can't pay for. You can't take away um, his just the time and conversation. I think that is is a valuable thing, whether it be in the studio and music, whether it be uh, on a car ride, whether it be on the plane, uh, backstage. I just, I, I think that was my biggest, like, I would say my biggest takeaway was, wow, he spent time with me. He, he, you know, was concerned and he asked me questions and, and, um, you know, cared about me and respected Hannah. Uh, and I think that's probably the, the biggest, when I look back, I say, wow, he wanted to spend time with me. Sometimes he would just call me and I'd just be at Paisley. And, you know, we would talk, him and I, I'm telling you, in Studio A, and both of us would be passionately speaking about what we believe, whether it be about Jesus, whether it be about Egypt or Africa, uh, music. It's the conversation, man. I, I think that's the thing I miss the most is right. conversation. I, I knew that, uh, you know, just just on a funny tip, on a fun tip, um, I remember when, we, when Hannah got pregnant with Azaria and he asked me, how are you going to announce it? And I was like, well, uh, I'm just thinking about just putting it on Twitter. And then he said, how would you like to be announced on Twitter? And that's what he said to me. And I was just like, you know what? You're right. That's my daughter, my firstborn. I got to do something else. And that's why we did the song, Our Baby, was just from a simple comment that he made. It was just his conversation and his time. I mean, right. that's what to me, man. And just thinking about that, that's really, that's really what I miss the most. And I look forward to doing in eternity. Right. And I think, because I saw you... April 15th of 2016 after the plane thing, but I, I saw you also, you and Hannah, I believe either January 21st or 22nd after you did the piano and microphone shows at Paisley. And those were amazing. I believe that's when we were just finding out, or maybe it wasn't fully known that she was pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause things were calming down with third eye girl and uh, Hannah got pregnant and uh, we found out afterwards how excited Prince was um, at the memorial. Everybody was coming up to us saying, oh, my gosh, all he did was talk about Azaria. All he, and I was like, oh, my gosh. It was a, it was a, a time of joy or uh, comments of joy that, that brought us joy in those, in those hard times, man. Right. And yeah. then, of course, you know, one of your kids ended up being born on June 7th, on his 60th, correct? Yes, yes. If celebrated his 60th. Yes. Yes, Sovereign, uh, my second born, my son, his name is Sovereign Prince and um, Sovereign Prince Welton. And so, yes, he was born on June 7th 
And uh, man, I think uh, there was a picture. I'll have to post it, um, but a picture of us on on June seventh, uh, looking out, looking at Paisley, and it's Hannah holding me and Sovereigns on my shoulders, and it just says, "Looking at Paisley." It just has so many, so many things in that picture. It's just like, right. wow, <laughs> you know. It's just crazy, and we're gonna get again, you guys. This is all for the purplemovement.org. We're gonna be getting into that. Kristen has this question: What is June about? How did it come about? I've heard stories about that, but maybe you can. Okay. Please. Moon uh, was another one of those songs that was within the hour with, uh, I think it was, I forget. There was another track I did within that hour. Um, it it might've been, this could be us. And then June, those are the two tracks. I just, it was like this thing. We need some slow cuts. And I was like, all right, cool. So I just went in and then he came back down and I shared it with him and he went back and he recorded uh, the, the, the synthesizer on it. As far as the lyrics, Man, I'm trying to tell you, I'm just like you guys. I went to decipher those things and try to figure out what he was talking about. There was only a couple times when I would ask him about right. what he wrote about. Um, I would just, I would have my own interpretation. And I think that's what he enjoyed about it the most is people being able to adopt what he was writing about and have it for themselves versus it being, this is why I wrote it. And so I respected that. I didn't want to try to get all the information. I didn't want to ask him all the questions about why he did what he did. I was more interested in him um, and just how he was doing and that kind of thing um, versus right. what is that lyric and why did you write that? And, you know, I did ask him about the the love symbol, uh, the, the symbol you have on your door there. I did ask him about that in the very beginning. That was like one of the first questions I asked him and what it meant and, and all that kind of stuff. But as far mm -hmm. as songs and lyrics, uh, back in time, what we did with uh, Judith Hill, I asked him, I said, yo, you got to tell me what this song is about. And he said, I'll tell you one day. And so that was one thing that uh, I, I did ask him about. And he said, I'll tell you one day. That day hasn't come yet, but I look forward to it in eternity. Definitely. Now that's going on. People said that Prince trusted you like a son and other things. That's really great for them to feel that way. Yes. Yeah. Um, I... Um, I, there was, you know, I'm very close with my actual dad, my biological dad, uh, and he's always been my dad, uh, and I love him. Uh, my parents have been such a great example, and they've been married for 33 plus years, I think, and uh, they're like my best friends. And uh, there was only one other person that I would have considered a father figure to me, and that was Prince. And I, because I'm close with my dad, I, that that is something that um, I don't take lightly, and I don't just try to say. Um, and or try to use for any type of gain. I, I just, just my truth. And, and uh, I'm, I'm really honored that uh, even people who are close with him afterwards said that, mm. said that, and he also called me that. So I just, um, it was, a, it's a, it's a blessing. Very cool. And of course, if there's any questions that you see here that you want to answer, you can, oh, it's just some, I, I just want to make sure it isn't too personal or other way, other ways. And I'll have this one yeah. from Jesse while you're looking at those. Um, he, will you tell us more about the time you played and sang for Atlantic Records CEO? Oh, uh, wow. Jesse has that. Very, very fun question. Uh, prior to Prince, I was pursuing a solo career uh, as a musician, singer, songwriter. Um, I never, and I don't mean this in any kind of, um, I mean, it's just the truth. I didn't compromise my values um, that I was for lack of better words, being encouraged to do. I, I'm not going to say who, but one of the most top producers in the world who produced mega hits for Michael Jackson told me, you have to be vulgar nowadays. Right. 
And I said, no, I just can't. I can't, I can't deny my beliefs. I can't deny my love for Jesus. I just can't deny it. You know, I mean, I'm not saying you have to believe what I believe. I just, I just have to be anchored in this. And so um, the opportunities that happened to come my way uh, would talk to me about saying and writing certain things. And I just didn't want to, I just, and so uh, the, the way that it ended up going is during the time of me continuously pursuing a solo career, my life aligned with Prince's life and obviously the rest is history. And, and I just think that God had a different plan for me. I don't think that uh, that means I'm not going to put out music as a solo artist. Um, we're going to be putting out music uh, with the Purple Movement. I'm working on a song now. Uh, and so it's it's we're going to keep doing music. It's in our blood. But right. just the way that I thought it was going to be wasn't. So that was just one of the things that I was doing. I was attempting to uh, just show them my gifts. And it was a great, great audition, if you may. People all over were coming into the room and like doing this and all that kind of stuff. It was great. But, uh, you know, I just, you know, something I didn't really feel in my heart that I wanted to pursue. Right. Now let's get on to the purplemovement.org. There's some questions. Yeah. We're, gonna, we're talking about a dance battle and other things. We haven't gotten to that yet. We'll but, get there. Come on. Yes. And there's still more questions. Don't worry. I just want to make sure that we have time for it and it yep. gets it gets everything that it deserves. Amen. So I know I've checked out the videos and you guys should be checking out the videos on the purplemovement.org that we have running at the bottom of the screen. Someone else can drop a link in there. But tell us how this all came to be, my man. So uh, funny story. Uh, it has a lot to do uh, with Prince, but ironically. <laughs> okay, so mm -hmm. check this out. I was sitting down. I was in Aurora, Illinois, and I was watching a debate. It was a Republican and, and a Democrat just and I saw them arguing. I saw them speaking over each other, cutting each other off and honestly talking mm -hmm. about each other. And I was thinking to myself, my mother, she has this this spirit of I need to just figure out a way to advocate, you know, and figure out how we can come together. And so that just started to bubble up in me. I was like, OK, how can we instead of argue, how can we come together? Let's right. let's. let's about this and I feel like Prince when I do that because that's how he oftentimes like how, how are we gonna fix this you know but you know right. I, how can we bring this together uh my beliefs and 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 Jesus Christ my beliefs as a person how I was raised was coming in at one moment when I saw this right I, how can we unite and so I thought about okay well what is one thing that we're all connected and and and, and under if you may okay one nation under God I started to think and then obviously the flag came up the American flag, the red, white, and blue. And mm -hmm. so I went to Google and I was like, what if you mix these colors, you know, red, white, and blue, what, what will come about? Mm -hmm. And it literally just happened to be purple. And it wasn't, let me tell you something. I tell you the truth. Okay. It wasn't, I, until, I didn't call Prince purple. You know what I mean? I, that wasn't like a thing with us. It wasn't until maybe like, I think either my pastor at the time said to me, Ooh, purple, you know, Prince. I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, it all makes sense. You know, it was not something that I was trying to do. This was just two years ago. So it was after Prince went home to be with the Lord. I, and so I just, man, I, I it happened to be purple. And I'm just like, okay, this, it's all kind of making sense just with my life in general. And it was just honestly a time in my life where I was still figuring out where God wanted me to go because, you know, from music to ministry, I have such a heart for both of them. God, what did you want me right. to do? And so I just, how do we come together? How do we come together? And so that's how the purple movement came about was figuring out that we're under one flag 
And, and if we just take the idea of merging the colors, not changing the colors of the American flag, that has nothing to do with it. It's just symbolic for the idea of the power of unity, right. reconciliation, coming together, figuring out a way that I can hear you, whether you believe in Jesus or not, whether you're black or white, whether you're blue, brown or purple, whatever it is, let's figure out a way we can merge the two, hear each other, Right. equalize it and come together. And that's really the heart of what the Purple Movement is about, bringing together the hearts, the voices, the identities of people and figuring out a way we can live peaceably together. Definitely. And I see like with the videos that you did, for those who may not have a long attention span, you have it short, you have a document, you have it break down, broken down for everyone. Now, Keep in mind, especially with what's going on right now, because it's so topical with what happened with George Floyd, police yes. force, what happened last week. And yes. now not defunding the police exactly, but in the sense of making sure that they get trained properly for stuff that we talked about before, where it comes to riots and it comes to other things to get the proper training. You yes. know, and that does cost money. And then you have to put it in different ways, whether it is defunding the police or going with other ways. You explain it, but can you elaborate more on that and what your goal would be with that part of it? Uh, in the second policy, the purple policies that we have, yes. uh, we call it the great conversation. And one of the things that I, I noticed, and this is one of my favorite policies that we have here, because we have three of them, uh, and I feel like they all kind of coincide together. And the underlining messages of them all is reconciliation, accountability, and things of that nature. But the, the great conversation would be where the voice of the community is empowered to speak on a regular basis publicly. Uh, because you see, when things happen that are tragic, when things go down, when, when, when we see fights, when we see uh, deaths and things of that nature, you're going to get some passionate people, and rightfully so, coming out and speaking the truth. Justice. Where you got people coming out and are willing to, to whether it be beaten by the police, if, if you may, to speak their truth. But, but right. what about when, when, when everything settles? Are we only going to talk when things are going crazy? Are we only going to chat when things are tragic? Because right. you think about it, emotionally, everything is escalated. Can you really hear what I'm saying? And, right. and are you hearing? Because that's another aspect to it, because we can be on TV, we can be writing, but are the governors who actually have to sign the bills hearing it? And so what we want to do with the great conversation is lawfully make a policy that we have to legislate conversation in a public manner when it's not always escalated because we're a preventative movement. The Purple Movement is about reconciling things and preventing things from happening and making sure that we call it the CEA, the community elected advocates that will be the voice of the community. Right. And with that, it would be recorded uh, and, and it's all on the internet to give you uh, on the website, thepurplemovement.org to give you a breakdown but it would be recorded meetings, public hearings in the city town hall every single month that the mayor of the city, uh, law enforcement, fire department, city council, everybody would be there. And you know it's being recorded that they see you, that they hear you. There's accountability. And from those recordings could be a part of the training uh, that the police force, mayor, and so forth can have. For right. 
So that's one of the policies. I guess in a nutshell, uh, there's some other things that you can check out. It's a less than four minute video. And we also have on the website, thepurplemovement.org backslash policy, some of the laws that are already in place that our policies uh, are backed by. Right. Definitely. And that what's going on is we're seeing, and we cannot let this go away in the sense of only talking about stuff when it's difficult. This has to be an ongoing thing because as we're seeing after George Floyd and we saw there was a little bit of change going on. You had to have riot, not, you had to have protest. You yep. had other people doing riots that weren't part of the protest. Let's be real here as okay. we're seeing. And then, then all of a sudden it looks like for a minute it's going to stop. Yeah. And we have to make sure that it doesn't because then look what happened last Friday in Atlanta. Then we're finding out about nooses being found in California and certain places and how hurtful that is for me to hear. And I'm sure you as well and everyone else that, no, 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 this is a conversation we continue to have to have. Yes. Now you're seeing stuff that should have been long ago gone, whether it was Aunt Jemima or Uncle Ben and all these other things. It's not only the changes that need to happen within the police force, it's the changes that of things that were slid underneath the rug right. for far too long. Yes. Because if we do not have these difficult conversations and we not saying, oh, it's their battle, we're going to let them speak, let's do it. No, 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 no. We all have to speak up because yeah. sooner or later, and it's something that was like in a, in a PSA decades ago from Frank Sinatra, like, we all got to look out for one another because first, they're going to come for them. And yeah. You're like, oh, well, they're not coming for me. Yeah. No, 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 no. Eventually, they will. We all have to stand together and let our voices be heard and protect one another because that mentality, it's got to go out the window. Yep. Where you have one video talking about a FedEx driver about being called the N-word and how he's treated, but then you have a woman complaining about her damn egg McMuffin. Let's not even get into that. We need to have the conversations of what's really important and understand the privileges that other people have Yes. and to look out for everyone. And it isn't just the police, you know, that's like trying to say, oh, there's good people on both sides. Mm -hmm. We understand that, but there has to be change that happens. Solutions. That's all. That's that's what we're passionate about. Exactly. Uh, our tag here, the purple movement, be a part of the solution. Um, and that's why we're looking for ideas. We're looking for people to communicate. We're looking for ambassadors on the field. We're looking for ambassadors. Right. This is a grassroots movement. So if you subscribe to the purplemovement.org uh, on the bottom of the main page there, you're going to be able uh, to get an update. And we're going to be sending out purple packages uh, to help people on the field to go out during the day with the purple partner and put flyers on uh, people's cars and outside of people's mailboxes. Uh, we have right. It's face mask things we want to send out. Um, so we're just looking for people who understand the power of unity and reconciliation coming together, whether you're black, brown or white, but figuring out a way that we can bring about policy to bring about equality and uh, so law enforcement with us, uh, uh, with uh, the community's voices and then also the race issues that we've had to experience in this country. And I think that it's it's about that time where we have to do the work. We have to get up. Right. I, comfort zone come together and make a change versus expect a change and, right. and reactive it's time to be proactive and bring about the reconciliation that is needed for our nation but it starts with conversations like this it starts with bringing about solutions i'm a black man you're a white brother and we're talking right now in a civil way and so that's something that's important to me and i just get excited about that even in now right. 
flow that you can have civil conversation, find a common ground, whether you believe in Jesus like I do or don't. I still love you. I look forward to figuring out a way we can live here together with peace and harmony. So that's really what it's right. about. And that's really what it's about. Definitely. Change and solutions. Yes. Not just keeping everything the same. Got to have change and solutions. Indeed. And a lot of people... And you can't have the change without the solution. You got to come in there with a plan, right? Yes. Definitely. Say something. We're here to stay. I, 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 we're not just trying to do three policies and out. Uh, we believe mm -hmm. that being a preventative movement, we want to learn what the system is. So we're doing a lot of information, education, seeking counsel. Right. People in law enforcement, people outside, people in government, people outside the government, people in the system, outside the system, people, civilians, voices. We're getting all the information and figuring out a way. Right. Okay. You know, uh, what about just mental health in general. You know, we're thinking about policies about mental health. We're thinking about where, how it's being spended uh, or how it's being paid for and how can we reallocate those those finances and, and figure out better ways we can get back into the community. And that's what we're also doing. People talking about the defund the police movement. And we understand that. And I think when you look into some of these uh, people who are advocating for defunding the police, uh, they're actually talking about reallocation of finances. And that's what we're doing as well within our second policy, The Great Conversation, is, is paying for the CEA, the community elected advocates, with the civil asset forfeiture fund, because that's money right. taken from the communities. Uh, now we figure out that, okay, instead of putting that back into, you know, maybe buying things for law enforcement, let's put that back into the communities and so forth. And we right. All of that on the website as well. So that's that's exciting to me because I believe not only are the answers but solutions, but the the underlining message of it all is just about right. equality and reconciliation. Definitely, purplemovement.org. Make sure to guys check that out. Be a part of it. Yes, we are going to circle back to that. We're going to do some quick questions so people don't feel that they're being ignored. We'll try to do a quick round if that's okay with you. Yes, please. Um, someone, I'm like back probably around 20 minutes. So someone asked this like. Did Prince talk to you about the love symbol? What yeah. did Prince say about the love symbol? Yes. So uh, the very first time um, I met him, the first one of the first conversations I talked to him about it, and I said, "So, so what is that?" And he said, "It's the it's the harmony between male and female." Uh, so the the male and female symbol, uh, and he talked about it being the love symbol. So it's the harmony between uh, man and woman. And so when he said that to me, I just like, man, it's so cool because, and I showed him my necklace that my dad made me a symbol and i just showed him that and i said so you know obviously inspired by you having a symbol and uh he he likes that he likes symbols that didn't have letters or words in it because it could have multiple interpretations to it and so um that's something that's exciting for us to 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 think about when we're creating new things is okay if you have a letter or a word in it then it could be put into a box. What if it just had something that had multiple meanings to it, like the love symbol? And so that's inspiration for us moving forward in general. But uh, yeah, he talked to me about it. Harmony and love, man. That's what it was about. Right. And this one with Michelle, when it talks about, and of course my mouse is acting up, but here we go. No worries. I'm looking at um, this. Prince of Wine Unity brought so many people together. Yes. Yes. If you're seeing anything as well, you can go ahead and ask it just because I'm trying to go back with it to see if we missed anything. And of course, you yeah. guys can ask the questions again. That's, um, that's good. And uh, then this one from Marina, she had this message to share with you. Okay. This came up on my feed. Everything is learning, feeling the power of the truth. Keep at it, guys. Listen, learn, and elevate yourself and others. 
We need to celebrate our similarities and our differences. When you're talking about one night alone, unity and love will change the world. Uh, all love uh, from Oz, from Australia in here. Thank you so much, Marina. Thank you so much for that. Shout outs to Helena. What's going on, sis? I see my wifey on here. Julia Thaxton, what's up? What's up with you? I'm seeing some familiar faces, some purple family here. Samantha Neal, you already know what's good. Oh man, this is exciting stuff. I'm just, I'm just so grateful to uh, Peter Williams says, music unites people all across the world. That's why Prince, uh, Prince's music is so important. Greetings from Australia. Welcome, 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 Peter. This is great. Uh, Melissa Riley says, I signed the petitions within the first hour. I'm pretty sure that I subscribe too. I will keep an eye out for how to initiate and promote the meetings here in Akron, uh, Akron, Ohio. Thank you so much, Melissa Riley. If you have not, please double check your email. I believe that an automated email was sent out to you guys uh, for updates. But if not, I will go back in and make sure I send it myself. Thank you so much for that. Um, uh, Arlene says, can you ask if he had a favorite lines from scripture? Talking about Prince. Um, I don't know if I've ever asked him about his favorite scripture. Uh, but uh, the first thing that comes to mind is God is love. <laughs> God right. You know, love for, is I mean, that obviously is, uh, you know, he has a signature, love God. So God is love. That just came to my heart and sharing right. that. All righty, man. This is some exciting stuff, man. I, when I'm you went into Paisley Park for the first time, what did you think? I'm going to ask one question myself after that one. That's going to be it. Okay. So. Um, so when I went to Paisley Park the first time, Prince <laughs> had uh, his whole band playing. I mean, the whole trumpet saxophone, all everybody, Shelby, everybody was there. And I walk in with Hannah and he had, he had already met Hannah and he goes on the one, bam. And I'm just like, and he goes, Joshua. And he calls me out just like that in front of everybody, runs off the stage and mm. come give me a hug. That was the first time I met Prince. That's very cool. I, I, to this day, that was kind of like, if you were to say our relationship, there's a picture that is surfacing somewhere around the internet where I'm laughing on Prince. And that kind of just like sum, summarizes our relationship from the beginning, really from the beginning. I was shocked that he did that and it just felt natural. It didn't feel like Prince. It felt like Prince, what's up? You know, that's how it was, man. Right now, cause I know we can go for hours. Right? This is the last yeah. question. All right. I'm going to do and then we get back to purplemovement.org. So we all know about this because we've had Adrian on before talking about, and we've had Marcus talking about it before, a little dance battle that happened at the Montreux Jazz Festival where uh -huh. Marcus claims that he won and Adrian says that you won. Now, can you tell us how these dance battles happened and who do you think won aside from us being able to see the video footage of it that we shouldn't have been able to see? Okay. Uh, first of all, the dance battles were evergreen. We kept dance battle. I mean, at the Paisley Park after darks, we would dance battle. And Marcus, he kept practicing. He kept getting better and better. So I had to stay on my toes. But um, I think that even behind the scenes, I can only tell you what they told me. Mm -hmm. uh, but I heard from from Adrian and them, and they talked about how uh, they didn't feel like they won. 
because they did the leapfrog at the very end. They didn't have nothing else to do, and they were mad because I forget who came up with, with the – look at – Hannah says, Joshua definitely smashed. I'm going to let my wifey speak for my for me on that one. But, uh, man, I had such a, a, a such a good time that day. They just came about because they was talking smack, so I had to make sure, you know, we had to, you know, dance off and see what happened after that, you know? <laughs> right. That was just crazy. And All right, the last question, because someone wants to know – any pranks that he pulled on you or any jokes that you could share that you guys had any funny moments with him and that's it uh yeah i mean so okay so okay this may be something that if you're watching and you were in switzerland you may have been a part of the moment so uh prince would fix your life up uh we would come up with dances and things of that nature and we would all do it it was like in the beginning me julia hannah Demaris, I mean, we would all do it. And uh, uh, just this dance, you know, just go and go, go. And Prince would always just watch. And this was like a theme throughout our relationship where he would just watch and just watch and laugh and, and, and you know, ask us to do the dance or something like that. So then one day, I think we're in, actually we are in Denmark mm. and, and we're in front of like, what, 40,000 people. And it's just, and the song comes on, the remix comes on and we're all doing it. Don't make this complicated. You know it's true. Don't make. And then all of a sudden he go, "Fix your life," and then he starts doing the dance the first time in front of us and the world, basically. And so he would come out and do this stuff without any warning, and just come out and do the dance that all of us behind the scenes were always doing. And so he would always bust stuff out publicly in front of everybody, so you can see his personality there. That he would always surprise us, right? And show us things like that. And no one else knowing that we just kind of got like princed, if you may. He's doing the dance move that he's always watching and things of that nature. So he would do that a lot because we had a lot of inside jokes. Right. But always out of nowhere, just do it. And it would just be so hilarious because his timing was like, it was just hilarious. So that's, that's just how it was. It was just crazy because of those things. And thank you because you guys did video shoot for Fix Your Life Up in San Diego after the show the second night there at the hard rock or whatnot of a joint but those were awesome i just remember because like when i first was doing stuff and i just correspond with karen or julia I'd just be signing off jay but then there was jay for joshua jay for julia jay for me jeremiah instead of being funkenberry so it's like all right we have to go more by funkenberry because yep. there's too many jays in the mix yeah those yep. times were so much fun though so, so much fun I mean, now and I appreciate you. I, I was just going to say that I appreciate you because, um, you know, I was telling this to Funkatopia last night. There were just very few people who he actually co-signed and that we knew that we could just have a good time with and trust. And uh, you were obviously a part of Hannah and I's journey in the beginning. So uh, thank you for being somebody who Prince would say, yes, I'm going to give updates to. I'm going to send out different briefings to my band <laughs> through. And so that alone just showed how much he appreciated you, that you would report things that he appreciated um, because he saw that. And uh, I want people who are watching to know that he knew and felt the love of fans. He knew, yeah. felt responsible to give them his all. And that is a very strong reason why when he performed, he wanted the sound to be right. It wasn't just because he was a perfectionist and all that kind of stuff. He wanted it to be presented the right way. And that's the reason why he was so 
irritated about bootleggers because he wanted to present to the people he loved the best product possible. Absolutely. And I appreciate you guys and being part of that journey and some other stuff. And just, he would know that I'd only post stuff when it needed to be done, just like I try to do with the estate and other things. Now, in closing, yes, has there been anything that we haven't discussed about the purplemovement.org that you want to put in so these people know? Because I want that to be the last word from you. Well, I just want to just send a thank you to anybody who's just taking the time uh, to, to go over the policies, to, to be a part of it, to say, I'm going to be an ambassador online, to say that I want to be ambassador on the field. Uh, I want to see more purple uh, principles in this world. For me, purple represents the power of unity, because if you think about the origin of the idea, it's the red, white and the blue coming together and it's merging of different colors and it's merging something beautiful. And so I think that with us having a purple mentality, if you may, of unity, reconciliation, life together, peace together, and, and not hostility. And I said right. this on live, uh, we would be saying no justice, no peace. I believe that is a truth, but I believe there's more of a truth we can embrace together as a people and as a nation and as a globe. That if right. we justice, but yet we have hostility toward one another, there really isn't any peace. If right. we justice uh let's say if you got a divorce from that person that did you wrong you may have gotten justice but there's still hostility there's still hatred for what that person uh has done to you that means that right. without reconciliation there really isn't that peace so i think that it's a time for us this is a time where whether you're black white or brown whether you're a believer in jesus an atheist <clears throat> believing in a different God and you're in this nation, we can still come together and say, hey, I'm going to love you as a fellow human being, despite what you look like, despite what you believe. Let's figure out a way we can live together in right. peace. And we're just hoping that, that, pol that our policies that, that you see now and also that come in the future will actually be, uh, uh, be purple, meaning it's representing <clears throat> all voices, bringing about equality, right. peace, love and reconciliation so i hope that people understand the heart of it um and also to this last thing i want to say too is uh hannah and i over the last few years concerning the purple community uh we have been fighting on a different uh different plateau if you may uh prince was very spiritual and uh we had more spiritual conversations than we had even about music and so you may not think so but in hannah and i's effort as another way uh, just answering the call of God in our lives, but then also a week at Prince, we also continued his legacy uh, in our own little way and doing things in ministry. But concerning this, I want you to know that this is not us trying to uh, use anything for fame, money, or anything like that. Truly, right. this purple movement is about saying, hey, we're fellow human beings. And like I said, it happened to be purple. We're not trying to use Prince and all that kind of stuff trying to gain anything off of that truly we're like i believe this is a mandate and a calling on our lives that the, it just so happened to be purple and align uh with everything we've already done and i just i'm just grateful for it and i know that prince is smiling about it because he was all about figuring out ways to come together so i just wanted you to hear that and it might have been a ramble for you but it was my heart speaking to you without it without a script and so i hope you see the truth uh and what it really is versus what it could seem like and things of that nature Thank you so much, Joshua. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Hannah. We, I can't wait till we both have you both on camera when the kids are maybe a little bit older. Yeah, I uh, know. Got to get some uh, 27 Horizon babysitter helping, helping us out right? on or whatever it is, man. We need, we need some help with the baby sometimes and we'll come on, man, and just, just have a good purple time with you, brother. Absolutely. 
Thank you so much, man. I'm gonna pull you off just for closing, but I appreciate you so much. Appreciate what you're doing. Guys, please check out the purplemovement.org. You guys yes. are not checking out the show live. We'll make sure to have links for you on everything else. I'm together. All right, Joshua. All right brother. God bless you, Thank man. you so much for your time, man. Bye. We'll see you soon, definitely. Yep. All right. Thank you guys so much. We try to get to all of your questions. Of course, when it comes to music and who's the, who the song is about, again, what Joshua was saying, let's let them think that or be about it because that's what he'd want them to be. Um, remember, we're going to be having a show that is going to be like a hit and run show over the next two days. We've got a short announcement on it. We have another show. Maite has a book reading going on on, on Sunday. Make sure to be a part of that. You can on stage it. So once you give up the link, they can do that. Just make sure to support. You can also support uh, the podcasters. We have more things going on for you. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for your time. We'll still have our regular Wednesday show at 6 p.m. They're live. You can find us on uh, the platforms after it airs of Apple, on iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, Podbay FM, YouTube. You can go back to the Facebook page and other stuff. I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you so much. And we'll be seeing you sooner than you think. Until next time, guys, much love. Keep it funky.